Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Live from the Kelly Kapowski Studios, Rick, it's the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on the Arena Sports Network. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back into the Asylum. And finally, we have some other people joining me in the studio while these two numbskulls Get the jollies off talking about Doogie Howser and Vinny Del Pino, and uh, for some reason I find it quite disturbing. Well, who's that chick on Doogie Howser? She, oh, Wanda. She was a dime piece, too. You know, we were having a well, an inappropriate conversation about uh, female 90s uh, bad TV stars. So, sorry you missed that. Hey, you want to be a part of the show at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Get those questions in for Sunday morning's Inside Slant. My octogenarian friend is on a roll this yeah, week. Yeah, baby. The last week and a half, you want to get yes. those questions in. And I tell you what, here we go. We talked about it way back in the preseason. We talked about week eight and nine. Here we are, week nine. Arizona, Chicago, Cincinnati, Washington, New England, and Houston all on a box. That is brutal. Absolutely. A, a murderer's row, really. Last week was painful. This week, when you throw the Patriots in the mix, it gets real, real painful for a lot of teams. Sure does. So what's your thought, Rick? I, for one, when I draft, I pay no attention to bye weeks. I don't, I, I don't. I don't let it affect my decision. I'm not going to be saddled with somebody of lesser statu- stature in my mind because of what week they're off. You say you get a team. I'm in a league, my 10-team league, my original league with my, my buddies at home, where I have just no one I want to drop. No one's worth dropping. It's a 10-team league, so that's pretty common, right? I'm, I'm looking at having probably two open roster spots, a kicker and maybe a flex or, or a receiver. I'm thinking about in a week like this where it's that bad, just leaving open roster spots rather than dropping, uh, you know, just to put values on them, dropping an eight to pick up a two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because right, yeah. I'm not going to get the eight back nope. uh, to pick up the two. I'm better off. Are, are those three points worth it? I, I have – now, look, there's going to be all these scenarios. You're one game out of a playoff spot. You can't afford the zero, something like that. But all things being equal, people take it personally offensive, and commissioners will bust your chops if you leave open roster roster spots, if you leave people in your starting lineup that are on by. I have no issue with it. If, if that's your strategy going forward and it makes you better in week 10 and thereafter, I'm good with it, but a lot of people don't agree with that. And I'm curious where you're at on it. Well, you know, being the commissioner of our league of consequence, you know, I require everyone to have one of the starting positions on their lineup. You know what I mean? When we draft, like if you right, have to have right. a kick, you have to have a kick. When it gets Ooh. into the middle of the season, as you're I reaching the, for your crack pipe, drop there, the pipe. If you're in the middle of the season and say, you, yeah, I mean, a good point. I've got Adam Vinatieri. You think I'm dropping that guy? No, no you're not getting pal. him back, and you're not getting him back if you do. Exactly. So if I don't have anybody to drop when he's on a bye, guess what? I'm starting a guy that's on a bye. Yeah. But good. I still have a kicker on my roster. I mean, and that's you – know, I mean, if your league requires you to have those positions, then by all means you have to draft them. What you do with them after that, that's, that's your personal – decision as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I just, I just see no point in, you know, when I think of this team, my bench is, or was, you know, they're kind of a short bench and a 10-team league as the ceiling's caving in apparently. 
you know, I'm looking at dropping like a Stefan Diggs to pick up a number two running back. I'm not going to do that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to drop, you know, Jordan Howard who's on by. I'm not going to drop David Johnson right. who's on by. I'm not going to do this. And I don't have enough players left to drop, you know, worthy of dropping to pick up even a number two running back. You know, I'm not picking up Anton Smith and getting his four points this week at the expense of Jordan Howard or somebody who could lead me to a championship. I'm just not going to do it. And everyone can hate me in this league as much as they want. I'll take the L this week, and then I'll run your ass for the rest of the year. I'm fine with that. I'll tell you one guy uh, that I am looking very hard at on my team as the buys approach if I have to drop. Because I'm getting awful impatient with this guy, is Doug Martin. Yeah, you have to wonder. I mean, he's going on number six in a row. On a hamstring. On a That's hammy. what concerns me. There's more to that story. A hamstring doesn't take two months, generally. Is there something more? Did he actually tear Maybe it? a tear, yeah. And if you did a full tear, I would think that would be a season ender. You know, But I don't know. He came back two weeks ago in terms of practicing and had a setback. Did he just strain it again? I don't know. But Well, as you know, there should be something to clarify things of that nature. He was supposed to be out for three weeks. Then he suffers a setback. Well, what's a setback? Did he sprain his ankle? Did he re-pull his hamstring? Did he stub a toe? Yeah, you know I, what I mean? We, they don't say anything. It's Well, it's a setback. But it's been a setback where I guess they've had the buy. So we're talking, what, seven weeks? Right. Yeah, it's been a full, full yeah. seven. And you look at it, and it's sort of unfortunate because where I wouldn't hate you dropping him, Rick, if he came back, obviously they play tonight, and he's not going to be back. But we're also dealing with the injury to Jaquiz Rogers, so this may change what I'm about to say. And Sims is IR. Yeah, as Quiz is going to be out too. But my point being, let's say Martin is back and healthy for Week Ten. All right, this is what okay. you this is what you've been waiting for. But let's assume Quiz is healthy in Week 10. The way he's performed, the way he's acquitted himself, I don't see a scenario where Doug Martin comes back and gets 18 to 24 touches in a game. I really don't. I think, you know, Rodgers has made that with the way he's run the ball. He has made that a full RBBC. I, I think it's going to be a shame for Doug Martin owners and for Jaquiz Rogers owners because I think these guys – I think Jaquiz has earned himself a split of that work, if not the high end of that split. So I wouldn't hate dropping Doug Martin. I really wouldn't. No, exactly. And if he's like you said, if he came back week 10, okay, they're at home against Chicago, which is, uh, you know, not a bad matchup, but obviously not necessarily great if you look at the Minnesota game. At Kansas City, then you have Seattle, then you're at San Diego – and then you, you have New Orleans, and then at Dallas, at New Orleans. Again, not an easy road, totally. And if you're trying to get into the playoffs, I mean, you're basically looking at weeks 10, 11, 12, and 13. You have at Kansas City, and then you have Seattle right in a row there in week 11 and 12. So, I mean, I don't look for anything huge from Doug Martin. Even if he does no, come yeah, back. even if he does make it back, it's going to be tough, and I think you're going to see a split there. So let's get to a few headlines here, Ricardo. We'll get the show rolling. Ben Roethlisberger is back practicing. I don't know. It looks like he's 50-50 to play. Hard to say. Mike Tomlin won't say. I know Cletus said he had heard they expect him to dress and only be at an emergency backup type of situation. 
I'll tell you this, Rick, and we're going to play uh, play a new game in the in the last segment today. We're going to play a little over under, and this is going to be the first question, so we can delve a little deeper into it then. But I don't see a scenario, Rick, where Ben Roethlisberger isn't playing in this game. I really don't. If he's practicing, if he's entertaining the thought of playing, he's going to play. I can see where they would hold him out if if they're if they're just seeing how the knee's holding up and they're saying okay. We're going to give Landry Jones a start, and just for whatever whatever happens, I mean, say Pittsburgh's out ahead 21-0, 24-3, something like that, yeah, maybe they'll give him an extra week rest. But if it's a close game and getting into the fourth quarter is a division game, Ben's playing. And that's what it comes down to for me. It's nothing about – I won't get into the theatrics of Ben Roethlisberger and his injury. We've had plenty of fun with that over the years. I'm going to get into the fact that he comes back a week or two early from every injury, no matter what they say it's going to be, he comes back a week or two early. It comes down to this for me. This is a lock-it-up, no-doubt, must-win game for Pittsburgh. It sounds stupid to no say doubt. already in Week 9. They're sitting at 4-3. and three. I believe would that make Baltimore their 3-4, and four, right? Yes. And then Cincinnati, whatever they are with the tie, that's going to screw everything up. They're three, four, and one, I think. Bottom line, look around the rest of the AFC. Look out to the West, Rig. Everybody out there is five and two or six and two. Everybody, New England's running the right way with the East. There's not going to be a wild card coming out of the South. Bottom line being, for the Steelers to go to the playoffs, and I think if they can get healthy and get to the playoffs, this is the one team that can compete with the New England Patriots to get to the Super Bowl. But in order to make the playoffs the way things are setting up with the losses they've had due to the injuries and some just stupidity in Philadelphia in week three, as you look at it, they're going to have to win this division. That could be at nine and seven, that could be at seven and nine, but you gotta beat Baltimore, you gotta beat Cleveland, you gotta beat Cincinnati. Their only safe path to the playoffs is to win that division. And for that reason, I think seventy five sixty to seventy five percent of Ben Roethlisberger's better than hundred and fifteen percent of Landry Jones. This is a one hundred percent must win and Ben Roethlisberger is gonna play. We shall see. It it should be interesting. I mean uh they win, they get to five and three. They would almost be in the driver's seat in, in the division. Cincinnati would be on the bye, so they'd be a game and a half up on them. Certainly not the driver's seat per se, but they still have to win a lot of division games. But like you said, Houston's five and three, Tennessee four and four, the rest of that South, there's nothing coming out of there but one team. Right. You have Oakland, Denver, Kansas City. Who knows what what could happen all three those of those two. teams could make the playoffs sure. there goes your two wild cards right there you could have new england you don't know what buffalo could do i mean they're four sitting at four and four they could end up a, a nine and seven team you, you know which could work their way into the playoffs just depends on the on the west but yeah i agree they have to win the division no doubt you, you just can't count on in in years past where Baltimore or Cincinnati, what we've seen the last several years, goes twelve and four, eleven and five. You go ten and six or eleven and five, and get the get the wild card matchup. They're not going to finish eleven and five, so the concentration has to be on winning this division. And you can't give a game to Baltimore, bring them even with you, plus with the with the right. advantage of having the head to head at that point. Exactly. So I, I fully expect, but we'll get into more into that later. Rick, apparently Alex Smith, after all of that, still doesn't have to have a concussion after being knocked unconscious twice in that game i have never seen anything more absurd than this he, he gets up he looks like a boxer's been knocked out they send him back to the locker room 
supposedly put him through the protocol. I have to assume they, they actually did it. Say he's fine, bring him back out. He takes a forearm shiver to the head off the ground, comes up wobbling again. They take him out of the game, and we hear on Tuesday that it wasn't a concussion at all. I don't know, did he have a cold? I don't know what this is, but apparently it seems to me like he's going to play. I, I guess he's going to go this week, right? I guess they have Jacksonville coming to town. You would think if there was a week that they could be cautious with Alex Smith, it would yeah. be this week. But, well, and uh, I'll tell you what, as a uh, – and my mind just went blank here. But Nick Foles you know, acquitted himself yeah. pretty well. And as a Travis Kelsey owner, Travis Kelsey and Nick Foles, apparently they must party together or something. They got something going on there as Foles just fed Kelsey over and over again to his best performance of the year. So I hope Alex all right, but I hope we see a little bit of Nick Foles this week as well. Well, we got, we got I agree. beeping and bump, the the red phones ringing in the studio now. Mister Briggs has a some sort of punkin emergency <laughs> apparently. Nah, it was just a friend of mine down Hilton Head calling back. That's all. Is he a fantasy question? Is it weird? No, he's in Florida. Oh, you, I, you, I got him all yeah, over. Yeah, you got all <laughs> over the place. Rick, uh, your prediction came true. One of the many. I hate to admit, Jamal Charles on IR. The season is over. Now we got this season out of the way. I start to worry about his career a little bit. Oh, at this it's point. done. I'm telling you, it was a be- this year was the beginning of the end. That last knee injury, you know, you heard it here first. I hate to keep pounding the drum because no one really believed it, but I'm telling you, he's done. And you know, I just cannot see a back that is you know rather slight of build it relies on speed agility and the cutting and his knees there's something there that's just not right and i don't think he's he's coming back he went back to see dr james andrews those are the three words you never want to hear in relations to a pro athlete is dr james andrews so i guess we'll keep an eye on that heading into next year see if we ever see jamal charles again staying in cincinnati or in Kansas City for the third story in a row. Spencer Ware finds himself still in the concussion protocol. Charkandrick West all of a sudden became the second fiddle only to James Brown in the annals of <laughs> NFL running backs to listen to fantasy owners. I know he isn't practicing yet. You never know with this, but it seems to me, Rick, the trend has been if it's a legit concussion, you're missing a week. That seems to be the way this trend's going. It's funny how he has a concussion, but Alex Smith's fine. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I didn't notice the hit he got dinged up on, but I I watched Alex Smith wobble off the field twice, and he's perfectly fine. So, (laughs) I don't know. I think we got a pretty favorable matchup for Kansas City this week. Yeah, against Jacksonville, so... Could be some value with West. Definitely worth the waiver wire ad. I think people are going a little wild, <laughs> a little crazy. You know right. what I mean? Oh, but yeah. but it'll be interesting to see. We're talking about before we went on air, Rick, Doug Martin out tonight with a hamstring. Jaquiz Rogers out with a foot. Going to see a whole lot of Peyton Barber and, Barber and Anton Smith. How excited are you about those two fellas? Might as well get the full disclosure out here right <laughs> now. Atlanta 34, Tampa Bay 18. Yeah, they're, they're going to smash them. What, what Atlanta did last week against Green, Green Bay, what an exciting game that was. And, you know, I, I'd had brought up some questions, I think, on the slant of, of whether or not Atlanta was re, real looking back at the 5-0 and start last year and the collapse and the hot start this and year. I, I, and the, I, you, yeah. you mocked me soundly when I predicted them to beat Green Bay. And uh, you said they were done. They lost the two and they were no good. Just like last year, and I was stupid. 
Well, to be fair, I had history on my side. Number one, Atlanta likes to get off the hot starts and collapse. Number two, most things that come out of your mouth are idiotic and wrong. So I was, I was playing the odds. And, I was you know, 10-2-1. and one. What were you? I didn't even add it up. Oh, we'll, really? We'll have to go back and huh. look. You want me to add it up it now? It's probably, what, 4-9 or something? More than likely. Okay. But like I said, historically, Atlanta <laughs> collapses and you're a moron. And so in playing the odds, I got beat this time. But I think more times than not, I make that play. I'll do all right. What do you make of Norv Turner just up and resigning as OC for Minnesota? Now, granted, they've dropped two in a row. They've looked a, a bit anemic on offense, but uh, just to up and quit. I mean, is there pressure on him? Is there health problems we don't know about? Is Norv just tired of it? I mean, it just doesn't sound like him. There's more to that story. I, I don't know anything about Mike Zimmer and if we can trust him. I don't know. But basically, he said he was stunned by this. He, he didn't see it coming. He had no idea. So if you take him at his word, which I guess we have to, you probably never should in these circumstances, but if we take him at his word, then there wasn't some heat between those two, right? Because right. I think that's where you see this in the middle of the year. North Turner's been a head coach, and it's really, frankly, one of the best offensive minds in the game over the last 20 years. And maybe Zimmer's getting involved and there's some friction. But if we take Zimmer at his word, I, I worry, I have to wonder, is there something – personally physically something going on with north turner that he walks away could be front office pressure nobody's saying anything at this point it'll be interesting to monitor down the road i am curious what happened there i can't imagine it is a ton of pressure yeah granted they've had a couple of stinkers in a row but they're still what five and two sitting on top of the division and you know they they still boasting a, a, a great defense. Sam Bradford still a first year quarterback in this offense. They've suffered injuries in the O line. They've lost Adrian Peterson. You know they're finding themselves and they're still five and two, leading the division by a game. I can't imagine that it's like yeah, Norv. You know we just don't believe in it anymore. Get out of here. Yeah, I you, mean, just you sure wouldn't think. I mean you've already lost your number one quarterback as well as Sam Bradford played for five weeks anyhow it's been a little rough the last two weeks then you you lose the you know, one of the 10 best running backs in the history of the nfl two of your starting offensive linemen go down for for the year i can't imagine it's the team putting pressure right. on norv for their struggles you could see where their struggles are not to imagine from. mckinnon was hurt as right. well yes, i mean right. you're left with mike osiata or matt osiata or matt. Mike's, well, I say mike, Mike, mike's yes. brother matt is actually the <laughs> yeah. one who plays for the that's vikings a, yeah that's his yeah and and their other brother Daryl. So I don't know. There's going to be a lot. He don't talk. There's, there's going to be a lot more to come from this story. Oh, we got we got Tevin Coleman out tonight again for against uh, against Tampa Bay. They're playing. I wanted to say against Atlanta, but he plays for Atlanta. He should be back here next week. This one this one cuts right to my heart, Rick Ryan Matthews. Basically, is being removed as a starting running back per per Doug Peterson. It's kind of happened quietly. He just finally made the announcement. If you look at it last week, five carries for Matthews to Darren Sproles twenty. This one cuts me to the quick. And what I can't understand, Rick, is when they've given him the ball on the rare occasions, it's tend to have gone pretty well. Except for he kind of likes to fumble in the fourth quarter, which may have something to do with it. But this one hurts me. That's my man crush. You know, I have man love for Ryan Matthews. I know, but I, all I can say is you might, you probably need to get over it because uh, he's been outperformed by Darren Sproles, and they need everything they can muster. I mean, Dallas has run away with this division. Two yeah. games ahead, you got 
Giants tied with Philadelphia. You got Washington. I don't know what that is. They technically a half game back. If you're four and three, and another team's four three and one, are you technically ahead of them, or is it you still tied? What? Because yeah, Washington, do you have half a win or half a loss? I don't. It depends yeah. on. It's a very philosophical question. Indubitably. Oh. Now the now the percentage they're giving it to Philadelphia and New York at four and three, with, which would be a winning percentage of five seventy one. Washington at four three and one has a winning percentage of five sixty two. How that only translates to nine points, I don't, I can't figure that one out. I'm way too stupid to figure that out. What I do know is they all, will all have played sixteen games by the end of the year, and the math should be a little simpler. Yeah, that's true. I would hope. That's, that's so. a good point. Well, I know it is. That's really good. So speaking of running backs going away, Rick Mark Ingram set the split carries with Tim Hightower as he put the ball on the carpet early, got sat down, and Tim Hightower comes out and puts up a hundred yards on the Seattle Seahawks. Things aren't looking good for Ingram. This is a guy, if we want to thump chess, I haven't got much right this year or for a couple of years. I have no patience, no time for Mark Ingram, and it's finally come to bear completely this season. He stinks. He's terrible. It's it's really um, similar to Chris Ivory. Yeah. I mean, they were supposed to be, you know, the – the backs of their respective teams, and neither one of them is getting anything done, period. And, you know, T.J. Yeldon's out touching Ivory now, and now we just said Hightower's out touching Ingram. Just doesn't look good for these guys. Well, and you look at that New Orleans offense. I never understood why anybody felt a, a just sort of pound it, 20 needs 20 to 25 carries a game to have any success running back like a Mark Ingram that's who he is, would be a good fit in New Orleans. You know, it's good for New Orleans. You want that goal line back, whatever. When you're looking at it from a fantasy football standpoint, he doesn't fit in there. You well, look no, at the I backs mean, historically who have Deuce put up McAllister numbers. Deuce McAllister is the guy McAllister. you think about. Darren Sproles, guys, Darren like, Sproles. guys like that who roll. Tim Hightower can fill that role. He could run the ball, but he can catch the ball. They can get the ball to him in space. Look what they do on those rare occasions with Tavares Cadet. They get him involved. Mark Ingram just isn't a fit for that offense in terms of fantasy production, touching the ball. And when you throw the ball 60 times a game, Mark Ingram's useless to you. And then when he starts fumbling, right. now, he, yeah, yeah. now he takes a seat. Exactly. Now, now we got a problem. So hopefully this fantasy conversation with Mark Ingram's finally over. Is I'm claiming that one as victory, Rick. I'm taking it. Yeah. And, um, you know, actually I think I own some uh, Tim Hightower in uh, in a couple of leagues, some of these other, these, you know, so-called expert leagues. Expert leagues. Hoping that he might get a chance. He may help me get into and, the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. I don't know how many – you can get an 0 and 18 to the playoffs you you might be ready to go there right no no we're talking about my team oh yours <laughs> sorry my, i'm one in seven Come oh. on. <laughs> ty montgomery expected to go week nine versus the colts your boy antonio brown dealing with a hit pointer but the week off came at just the right time looks like he's going to be just fine to go this one wasn't surprising still bothered me a little bit just what i think about what once was as andre johnson rick announces his retirement another mid-season retirement what a stud that guy was for a long long time oh yeah he was always desirable and um not so much for touchdowns obviously oh no he, he hated the end zone he yeah he, did, he, he just didn't like the end zone yeah. he'd fall over to one he'd catch 11 for 190 but he wouldn't get anywhere near the end zone Right. But, no, he, what a stud. There's no doubt about that. You hate to see guys like that go. You know, and obviously I'm older than the two of you guys. Combined. And, well, no. Oh. Because I don't 
don't think I'd be getting too much too smirky over there, Clute. That was, <laughs> Clute. That was just that was just not very polite. I I like the fact that it's gone from cleat to clee to, to clute. clute. There was like Cletus in there. Yeah, we had a whole we're lot of everything. Sticking with one name but multiple variations. Clint. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be named Clint. But he was Terrible Clint. Name. You called him Clint there a Did couple I? weeks ago. Yeah. I can't remember. I know. We need to get him a name tag. You're a pea brain. I'm not even sure I know what his real name is at this Hello, point. Hello, I'm... Alejandro. Hello, I'm... And then this thing just falls down <laughs> onto the floor with about 400 names on it. But what were we talking about? Uh, Andre Johnson. Oh, yeah. But no, I'm talking were, about... yeah. Um, oh, you're talking about how old you were. That's where we were at. Well, it, it's just amazing how you start... You know, we talk... I mean, you know. I mean, you're getting up pushing 40 you start talking years past some of these guys that we've played in fantasy randy moss tarot i mean they're gone you know what i mean well and i've Steve reached young i can remember steve young brett Favre, all these guys fantasy desirables and and they're just like forgotten this is just another one that that's passing through but you look back i mean what a great player well I'm looking at it, and this is almost how I judge my age at this point. You've probably been doing this a lot longer. But I'm at the age now where I've watched a player in college. Yeah. I've watched him get drafted, watched his entire NFL career, and now I watch him you know, calling games on CBS. That makes you feel, well, that guy's entire lifetime, which he accomplished more in 14 years than I will in four lifetimes. But yep. you, know, you see the whole thing. Yeah, it's just Father time, he's undefeated. We talk about it all the time. Except yeah. maybe in the case of Tom Brady, he might still be throwing 50 touchdowns at your age. I'm not sure about that. He always wins, trust me. But, uh, no, I mean, yeah, I go back. I remember Franco Harris playing at Penn State. That's how old I am. Of course, I was That's young. really old. I was much younger than Franco Harris. But I was in high school, you know, following uh, the, the Penn State football. I remember Franco Harris and Lydell Mitchell. I mean, what, what a backfield. And – Franco's old and gray now. Yeah, I mean it's it's very weird. I remember it's kind of annoying too. Oh, it's very annoying. I remember Willie. They're not his age. He's annoying. I remember Willie Mays playing baseball. Yeah, that's old. Willie Mays is eighty-five. Yeah, that's not good. I'm telling you. I mean, you know, it's, it's he probably still had a ball three seventy-five though. Probably wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I don't have it. All right, so we only got a couple minutes left. Let's get through them. Rick. Ladarius Green, Rick, expected to make his Steelers debut Sunday against. You're still not buying it. No. A healthy Ladarius Green no. offering any value to the Steelers. I'm not saying he's not going to offer value to the team, but for especially fantasy owners to think he's going to come out and make some sort of an impact, no. He he. May make a few catches here, but that's Jesse James's gig. Ladarius Green you, will be hurt. Hold that thought. This comes up in, okay. in over under later in the show. I All think right. that that's when we're going to debate a little bit. Uh, Patriots you trade ask me James. a question. I give an answer. Ah, I don't want to answer it now, Rick. Well, we're almost out of time because you babbled about your age most of the segment and the three things you got right on Sunday. That pretty much kills an entire first. Oh segment. yeah, but we had to hear about Full House and Boy Meets Girl or whatever. It was that was called. off the air. 
See, you can't even distinguish between what we talk about on the I, mic. It seems to me you named the studio Tamonga something or other or whatever it was called. Well, it was initially the Topanga Lawrence studio. Uh, then, then Cletus over there botched it. We had to restart the segment. It became the Kelly Kapowski Studios. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But that seems like a good place to break. Doogie Rick, Hauser, right? Vinny Del Pino. <laughs> Wanda on Doogie Hauser. She was a good uh, egg. All right. Well, Family we, ties. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else was there? Uh, you just Urkel. Naming, you naming shows? Well, just yeah. things that you might like. Urkel. Oh, I liked Urkel. Silver was it Silver Spoons? Yeah. With yeah, Ricky I'm sure. Schroeder I'm sure you it. like Silver Spoons. That was too. a good show. All right. Well, we've got a break here, Rick. You can write down the rest of your shows. We'll just segment two. We will just name 80s and 90s sitcoms. We'll do let's that. Let's name here. 60s. <laughs> 60s and 70s sitcoms. Well, All in the Family. Laverne and Shirley. Happy. That was about it, right? Yeah, MASH. All right. Jefferson's. We'll be back. Sanford and Son. Exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. Alice, right after this. Maud. Let's face the facts about me and you. A love unspecified. Though I'm proud to call you Chocolate Bear. The crowd will always talk and stare. I feel this exactly is you, those feelings too. It's about and me and Ryan Matthews. Yeah. Use them inside. Because this bear can't bear the world's disdain and sometimes it's easier to hide and explain our guy love all right welcome back to the asylum fantasy show here on the arena sports network cleat is that doing it that is not the finkelstein kid <laughs> cleat is doing a little shtick in the control room i love it the heartbreak for the man love i feel for ryan matthews I got to move on, Rick. It stings. It hurts. I think it might finally be over. After years of refusing to accept reality, I might have to. Now. Well, I mean, it's per the well song, overdue. Let my, me tell my you. My chocolate bear is moving on, apparently. It's well I, overdue. I, I mean, you let Darren McFadden drop easy enough. Why not yeah. Brian Matthews? I never had the love for Darren McFadden. I always had Darren McFadden. I mean, well, I had the whole breakup song for D'Angelo Williams, if you remember. Yeah, I remember. Until his but career then you was him up. And he won me a championship yeah. last year. So I got over that one. But, Ryan, th this one hurts. This one really hurts. Well, let's get into it, Rick. Time for some game balls. Stinky socks. We'll do a little love and hate, have all kinds of fun here. Let's start out. You know, I'm too lovelorn. I'm too heartsick, Rick. So I'm going to let you start with, with what you loved. Or your game ball last week. I guess we'll start with a game ball. No, huh? I have to do positive. Yeah, keep nah, it positive. Okay. Jordan Howard, man. Oh, you stole mine. Going against that stout Minnesota defense, a buck fifty-three and a touchdown. Added four receptions for another forty-nine yards. And I tell you what, you know, kudos to the Bears. Period. I mean, they could have laid down, you know, their season basically over, but they came out with. Jay Cutler, who actually looked interested in the game. Did you hear he gave some heartfelt, emotional speech before the game started? Yeah, I don't know what he said. I don't know if it's available anywhere, but I got to tell you, if that's true, can you imagine what that has to mean? If you usually, I don't buy into all that junk, right? That they do it before. Right. It seems like before every college football game. I know they certainly do it for Pitt. They show cut Pat Narduzzi you know, drooling all over himself and throwing things around the locker room as his team goes out and promptly gives up nine touchdowns on seven possessions, it seems like. But gives this fiery speech. And I think in time, especially for an athlete at that level, and certainly when you get to the pro level, that kind of stuff becomes meaningless. I think at least one time, that's got to mean something coming from Jay Cutler because I always assumed he was just in the bathroom until it was time to head out in the field. He went out there, chucked the ball around a little bit and hurried up and got the hell out of there. Right. So that certainly, certainly 
looked like that team was re-energized. There was no doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. And you know what? Chicago's 2-1 and one in the division. Look, there's no threat to the division title. But being 2-1 and one right now in the division, they could certainly have something to say about right. the outcome of this thing. Well, and what they don't get, I wonder if we lump in how bad they were offensively and their inability to win games to where we don't give that defense enough respect. You know, they're not the 85 Bears by any means, Rick, but they play a decent little brand of defense, at least have the last they several have, weeks. Yes. Completely shut down Minnesota. I go back to that Jacksonville game where they, they ultimately, Chicago ultimately lost it, but Jacksonville didn't have 150 yards of total offense till about midway through the fourth quarter. They sort of got it going. Chicago isn't the layup defensively when we do our start sits, and I think, and we've been guilty of it too. I know I certainly have. Yes. Uh, of you know, really holding them in low regard. They play good enough defense to win games against teams without Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> anyhow, in that division. When you're top 10 in the NFL in total defense, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I would think so. And, I mean, they are ninth right now, and, and offensively, they're 16th. I mean, this really shouldn't be a 2-16. and 16. I mean, you can see 3-5, and 4-4, four and four, something right. like that with those kind of numbers. But I tell you what, the defense keeps playing like that, and Jay Cutler actually stays interested. They win, you know, they go four and one in the next five games, something like that. Now, all of a sudden, this division isn't that set in stone. Yeah, no, no question about it. It's, you know, it's an absolute mess. I, I, I don't know what to make, but let's get back to Jordan Howard for one. I got distracted there. Yeah, he got the TV on in the studio here. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna take a take a break on that. Too many sports on Rick while we're doing this show. I know, but but what know, Jordan Howard did, like we we talk about staying on top of yeah. current events. Yeah, that's well, we, what we do here. Well, in that, that's who we are. Is you you and Alejandro talk about 1970s? What, what were that spaghetti rigatoni westerns? Yeah, the whole time. Very topical, this show tends to be. Asylumfootball at gmail.com. Okay. Let us know what you think about Clint Eastwood Western movies because I we're sitting across the table from this clown who has no idea. <laughs> Are we going to do this again? What one is. Just, just throwing this out there. It's 2016. You can throw a Twitter poll out there. Yeah, that's true, too. That, that's great. But, I mean, I would want the listeners just to write in and what – Tell oh, us I like that too. what they think of a jarhead that sits here and has no clue of, of the scope and breadth of um, lifetime of work that Clint Eastwood actually has. And, I mean, do I really need to? Yes. Let, let me. Asylumfootball at gmail.com. Please let us know what you think of someone who is so pigeonholed into – juvenile comedy movies which is about two of them that he's seen and taylor swift songs i mean that's basically what he knows well just the one here number one <laughs> yeah only one sorry i, I don't think i gave you too much credit i apologize i don't think clint eastwood is sitting around his house thinking you know i had a pretty good career but my one regret is Rick Flieger in, in over in Western Pennsylvania. Well, being the asylumite that he is, he's actually tweeted me many times. I don't think that's true. Saying, you know, can you get Rick to watch a few of these movies? You know what? I have been disappointed to completely take another left turn off a left turn. We're too away from getting back to where we started, well, so stick with yeah. us. Yeah. But I miss the days, and your Twitter game's gotten soft, Rick, or at least people have quit responding to you. I miss the days when I'd get up in the morning 
and, and I have 92 notifications on my phone, and you at 6.30 in the morning were having co legit conversations with Charlie Daniels. Those days <laughs> seem to be over. So there was a time I would have believed you were talking to Clint Eastwood if yeah. I thought Clint Eastwood did the Twitter, which I highly, highly doubt. But I miss those days. Your Twitter game's gone soft on us, Rick. I've been busy, and you know, you haven't been busy. I've been extremely busy, and you know that I, I throw a lot of darts, but you I just do. haven't done that. You need to get back to it. I, need, I mean, there is nothing. I need to get angry again. I, I'm just too happy and and friendly. I mean, that, that's a damn lie. First of all, now, Ralph. I mean, <laughs> I feel happy. <laughs> I'm not dead, <laughs> but you know, I I. To, to go to the juxtaposition of that, you put yourself in my shoes as someone who in vain, it seemed, or so I thought for so long, tried to explain to you what Twitter was and how it worked. You know, as you know, being 78 years old, this is a very foreign concept to you. Going from that to, in the matter of two years, waking up in the morning and you having a conversation with one of the biggest, you know, not, I won't even say country music, one of the biggest music stars of our lifetime, just chatting away on the Twitter. That was a mind-bender for me, what? and I want you to get back to that. Enough I, with the pumpkins, get back to the Twitter. I had met Charlie back in, what, 80, well, back 81. Back in your, your gypsy days, yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. probably met everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You used to... I met a lot of people. Yeah. I, I really have. I mean, um, I haven't met anybody. That's why I fanboy out every time we do meet anybody. That, that's true. You see you, me? You do do that. Doing cartwheels around the Hall of Fame every year. Guys, you do that with Dennis Farrell for crying out loud. <laughs> so. Did you just take a shot at Dennis? <laughs> hey, Dennis is a great guy. There you know? we go. Asylumfootball at gmail dot com. Right, right in and ask that question. We'll, we got a couple stories we can tell you there. We won't put out on the air. All right. You know where get, I'm going, Rick. Yes, I do. So we'll take another left turn and get back to where well, we started. Oh, we back right back to where we started. Where are we at? I'm giving a game ball, Rick. Since you took Jordan Howard, what, what I'm impressed with, what I wanted to finish up with Jordan Howard, is what I'm impressed with is the way he ran the ball. Right? He had oh. those catches, but to go out and run for 100 and a half against that team, to put up 200 total, 202 total against that defense is scary, scary impressive the way he ran the ball. And as you know, Rick, going into the year, I was a Jeremy Langford guy. He came back last week. Jordan Howard stood up. He was just a man and said, no, no, have a seat, Junior. This, this is my gig now. You sit over there and look pretty. I got this. So I, I loved seeing that out of Jordan Howard. All right, for Rick, so for me, my game ball, it's got to go to Tyler Eifert. This is a guy I have sat patiently on like an egg waiting for him to hatch. Comes out nine for a bucko, two and a touchdown. I know your consternation with him is always he's so touchdown dependent. And looking at the numbers last year, you were right. Could this be a role for Tyler Eifert if he can stay healthy where he's a seven, eight, nine catch a game guy? Very, very possible. Where are they now, Rig? It's Andy Dalton to A.J. Green against really good matchups. They have a little bit of a running game. Brandon LaFell hasn't worked out. Tyler Boyd, who I'm a big fan of, hasn't really worked out. This could be the other weapon Cincinnati's looking for. It could get them turned around and get that offense going. But the lack of weapons opens this up. Or if Tyler Eifert can stay on the field, I don't think eight, nine catches most weeks is out of the realm of possibility for, the, for Tyler Eifert. No, I agree. And, I mean, that's uh... – I don't think you can expect that week in and week out with him. I mean, I think maybe he caught some people off guard. You know, this is the first time they've seen him all year and so forth. They're going to be forced to spread it around a little bit because if that's your only weapon, they're going to start clamping down on him. But, but he's not their only weapon. There's a young man 
by the name of A.J. Green. Well, no, there's no doubt about that. And the point being, just with the amount of catches, I don't think I don't think you can expect 10 catches a week out well, of Well, you never no. expect that from exactly. anybody. Not named Julian Edelman, no. But, <laughs> but I think yeah. 7, 8, 9, I think that's fully in the realm. And he's not the touchdown-dependent guy that had you a lot cooler on him than I was coming into the year, where I think he's still a lock for a touchdown every week. If you throw in 6, 7, 8 catches, now all of a sudden you know, we, we've got ourselves a top 6 tight end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, t- top six, you betcha. I mean, look, he caught nine out of twelve targets for what a buck, hundred and two yards, I guess it was, yep, plus a touchdown. So hey, this guy's a beast. There's no question about that. But um, yeah, I mean, you got it. You better get him in your lineup. You sat on him last week. Well, now he's which, on bye, so yeah, <laughs> I get so, to wait another week. I'll be one and ten, and then yeah. I got Eifert in the lineup, and I am rolling. Yeah, baby. you can play spoiler with, with Tyler Eifert. That's what I'm going to do. What do you make out of before we get to the socks? What what was um, I saw a, just a blurb about Ezekiel Elliott could be suspended <clears> for <throat> domestic violence, and then all of a sudden I haven't heard anything after that. Well, here's what I'm afraid of. And you got to be, you know, I know you don't have to be careful. I'm, I'm tired of soft shoeing around all this stuff. So here's what it is. They're, they're back at Ohio State. I assume it was in Columbus. I, I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive. He, he, was, he was with his girlfriend out there. There was some sort of incident. She went to the police. They investigated it, found nothing. It even okay. sticks in my mind this might have happened more than once. I, I can't remember. I think it was. Cleet's shaking his head. So I think so. And each time this happened, she would either recant or the police wouldn't find anything. Oh, he's rich now. And so, well, There you go. Okay. But so now we get into this situation where it's not good enough. That, you know, the authorities who are paid to look into these types of things aren't good enough. Now the NFL investigators have to yeah, look into it. All their wisdom. And right. this was around at the beginning of the year, and it kind of went away. And then this whole Josh Brown stuff right, started exactly. coming up, and the NFL was getting roughed up for screwing that screwing that one up. I still have – I think the what we know now, the punishment of one game was too light, but I don't think the NFL necessarily did anything wrong in this instance with the information they had. So I think now we're looking at – we're revisiting this again to make sure we don't get it wrong like they did with Ray Rice, like they're saying they did with Josh Brown. And so I, I think they're almost looking for a do-over. It kind of got quiet again, but I wouldn't be surprised if just out of left field a six-game suspension comes down. Well, the other thing was yeah. – Apparently his attorney, it was either yesterday or today, was like, okay, NFL, either do something or don't. So You of, might not want to do that. Right. Because like, at this point they're going to err on the side of doing something. It, it's kind of strange. I mean, it just prompted me to – I got some shares of Alfred Morris. Yeah. Because I don't know what's going to happen. All of a sudden – Lord Goodell decides he comes down off of Mount Olympus and wants to throw a thunderbolt down on somebody. It could be Ezekiel Elliott, like you said, oh, sorry, four-game suspension or whatever the case may be. And, and I and, wouldn't be be surprised, number one. And I guess you can't blame him. I, I hate it, but you almost couldn't blame the NFL because every time – it seems to me like they did their due diligence on Josh Brown. But the thing, the thing is, Rick, is like if um, – say you work for me. And something happened where you were investigated for whatever, a burglary, whatever. The police investigated it and said, well, Rick, you know, 
we're satisfied you had nothing to do with this. Where does where is my responsibility to come in and say, well, you know, with all due respect, there, coppers, you know, <laughs> I think I know a little bit more than you do. Yeah, so, flat, Rick, uh, you know. You're going to be suspended without pay for, oh, I don't know, five, six weeks? Because I think you had some little shady dealings. And I I think that you're guilty, even though everybody else said you're not. It's this PC world we're living in. It's It's crazy. It's the NFL we talked about last week about the sagging ratings that are only getting worse when a Sunday night football game hosted by the Dallas Cowboys gets beat by baseball. That's unheard of. Even a World Series game, that's completely unheard of. So you're looking at that, the beating they took on Ray Rice, which seems like they did botch that one, oh, right? No Probably. doubt. Although, if they had that video, I don't even remember. Yeah, then we got the Josh Brown thing where the police did their investigation, determined whatever they determined. You know, the NFL and the Giants did their investigation. Apparently they didn't get a lot of cooperation from from the authorities, which I don't blame the authorities either. If I got some nerd Nick coming down from Park Avenue in New York with the NFL saying, all right, it's time for us to step in like they're the damn FBI, hand over what you have, I'm going to tell you to kick rocks too, right? Right. And so they get what they have. They give him one game. It seems reasonable. And then, and then what happens? A diary comes out, basically, that admits to all this stuff. And now the NFL and the Giants are getting savage for not doing enough about this. I'm with you, Rick. They took the information they had and doled out an an appropriate punishment. When you look at the Ezekiel Elliott situation, this went through all the proper channels and was properly adjudicated. Whether it's true or not, it was adjudicated by people who adjudicate these types of things for a living. It is not for the NFL to come in and supersede what they said, other than if you're just trying to make a PC stance. That's all this is about. Nothing else new has surfaced. No. Is the point. No. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's just stupid. Now, let's go to a sock. Oh, yeah, stinky sock. This could be a first. Oh, okay. And maybe I'm throwing it at just all of them in general, but this guy lost a game for Cincinnati, Mike Nugent. <laughs> all he, kickers. What the hell's going on? I mean, the kicking game this year is just horrid. You could give but it to he, Hopkins for Washington. You know. But he missed an extra point. Right. It should have been 28-27. I hate this extra point thing, by the way. Well. Move it back. It should be automatic. It was back. It is back. Or forward, however you want to look at it. Back to where it was. Back you where it come from. You miss it. I understand. Well. That. Quit gimmicking it up. No. You're gimmicking it up. He shouldn't miss it. Well, that I that, He shouldn't yes. miss a 30-yarder. Steven Hoshka shouldn't have missed a 28-yarder against Arizona, and Costanza shouldn't have missed a George, Zara. George, or George Costanza. Costanza. That's, That's going to be my new Because yeah, you can never remember his real name, yeah. so we'll go with George Costanza <laughs> from here on out. Exactly. But, no, Mike Nugent gets my big old stinky sock this week. He lost it for the Bengals, and basically he was a poster child for just horrible kicking all year long. Right, and that game, Dustin Hopkins could have won that thing at the end of overtime. Shanks, uh, you know what it is? And I wonder, Rick, do we have any connections on Twitter or the LinkedIn? We have to with, with an old retired kicker. I want to get on this show a kicker. I will investigate that. I don't know if we do or not, because, but I bet we can find something. I want to ask just this question. If they can even, if they can... Is Jeff Reed busy right now? I was thinking about him. You think you offer, you bring all this beer to the studio... Yeah, you tell him we got a 12-pack, he's likely to show up. And a paper towel dispenser. Yeah, he'll start ripping stuff off the walls, but I'm he'll show up. I'm telling you, Rick, you could stick 
providing you give him three or four days maybe to stretch his hamstring, you could stick John Casey, who's probably, what, 50? Probably. 52 by now, and he's not going to miss kicks like this. He'd be automatic from 45 in. Yeah, I guarantee that. Exactly. Did you happen to see the Raiders game where they kept touting Janikowski like he doesn't miss from 50 yards out? And they missed two in a row. Right, two in a row. <laughs> exactly. It was hideous. But but here's the question I want to ask, and this may be so stupid, and I have no numbers to support this. This is purely anecdotal from what I've watched. When these coaches are icing the kicker and that ball gets snapped and the kicker goes ahead and kicks the ball and he puts it in on that one that doesn't count every time, I would venture to say 75% of the time he misses the real one the next time. And that's what happened with Hopkins in that game over in London. He poked the 33-yarder right through after the timeout. The timeout was called early enough that it didn't happen where this was his natural progression. He was just basically taking a warm-up poke, and then he came out on the next. It feels to me like when you take that extra one when that timeout comes, you're almost a guarantee to miss the second one. Why do you take that? I want to ask a kicker, why, is, is that true? And if so, why do you insist on taking that kick? Why? It shouldn't have any effect on a professional Well, it kicker. shouldn't. I'm not saying it should. I'm saying it does, or at least it seems to. I, I just think they stink. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of that, too. All right, speaking of stink, Rick, my stinky socks this, sock this week's got to go to Marvin Jones. Three catches, yeah. 33 yards, and this has been a pattern, Rick. After and that and if, big... I'm, if I'm not mistaken, on the inside slant, both you and I were shying away from Marvin yeah, Jones. Yeah, he was a six. Just, he's just trending down. We thought he was going to level off from this big spike in production, but he's not leveling off. He is taking a huge dip. Yeah, I mean, one catch, three catch, four, four, now three. I mean, th- this has been his last several games. He's getting in the end zone enough to almost justify his existence, but his catch numbers are down. You, the re, um, re-emergence of Golden Tate, I don't know if that's affecting him. What it is, he doesn't have the targets, even with what targets he gets. He's not putting up big reception numbers. This isn't just a one-week thing for Marvin Jones. This is a let's cool our heels and take a step back and try to remember who Marvin Jones really is. I agree. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback that has – Nine touchdowns and no picks in the last four games, averaging right around, I don't know, nothing huge, probably about 250 yards a game. But Marvin Jones has showed zero production. Yeah, he's averaged about four catches for 50 yards in that stretch. That's and, it. And that offense, you got it ever since that big, he had a nice cup first couple weeks, and he had that big 200-yard multiple touchdown game. And we thought, wow, you know, all these guys that – we're all over that bandwagon in the preseason, and those who were a little cool on it like us, you know, we got egg on our face. And, and like always, you revert back to the numbers on the back of your card, right? <laughs> that's, that's what I always say. Well, Eventually, you, you, look you seem at his, to find your way back. Exactly. You look at his production from that week three, 205 yard and two touchdowns against Green Bay. He had 74 yards against Chicago. I mean, you can take that. I mean, you're not going to have 200 yards every year. 37 Against Philadelphia, he did score. Ten against the Rams, he did score. Saving a little bit, okay? Then he had 94 against Washington, 33 against Houston. It's just in the Washington game where they actually won, you know, it's decent enough production, but that's been his only double-digit number. 
Yeah. You know, in, in recent memory. And the 33 yards, now they're at Minnesota. That's not good. Then a bye. And, of course, he could get healthy against Jacksonville. but Good place for everybody to get healthy. Yeah, really. I, I have a lot of concerns and, about And him. it makes me wonder if that foot is just lingering. Could be. Yeah, he was he was questionable through that whole stretch right. of time. Yeah, maybe we get through the bye week, maybe he gets healthy. I don't know. But it's time to take a big step back on Marvin Jones. All right, let's hop in. We just got a couple minutes left in this segment. As, after all those left turns, we used it all up. Somebody you love, what you love, what you hate, I don't care which direction you go. Give me one. Just from last week or in general? I don't care. You don't it care? could be me. I don't care. Be, pff, I hate you, but I mean, that's... <laughs> you don't. No, I'll be You'd honest with me. you. We, we mentioned it briefly. I actually like the infusion of enthusiasm that the Bears showed with Cutler. I, I don't know if it was actually Jay Cutler, you know, actually being the spark plug to that offense, but he was certainly involved. He was certainly enthusiastic, and he wasn't falling asleep, and he was performing. Jordan Howard looked great. I mean, the whole offense looked like a different team. And look what it does. And we did talk about this on Sunday. We had a pretty good Sunday, the more I think yeah. about this. What it means for Alshon Jeffrey when you get a Jay Cutler back, whether he's constipated or not. If you have a happy Jay Cutler, look out. But with Jay Cutler in the lineup, Alshon Jeffrey, it was that was actually one of my takeaways. We'll just we'll just finish it, the point up now, where Alshon Jeffrey becomes a number one fantasy wide receiver if he's healthy, which is always a big if. And when Jay Cutler's on the field, he completely disappeared under under uh, Hoyer. Right. But you get Jay Cutler back. Alshon Jeffrey is that guy. He is yeah. that guy where you drafted him with, with Cutler. And if they're pumping out 100, 150 yards a game rushing, wow. Yeah. I mean, that just gives Cutler. And I, you can say whatever you want about Cutler's head. He's still got a gun for an arm. Oh, man. And, he's probably got one of the three or four best arms in the NFL. He does. And, and when he's on, Elshon Jeffrey's getting the football. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. No doubt about it. So, I yeah, agree. exciting time. All right, just a couple more minutes left here. I'm going to hate somebody. Oh, go ahead. Can I throw in a quick Oh, please do. Not so much a stinky sock, but I'm just going to abbreviate it. A stinky strap. Oh, like a jock strap? There you go. Nice. Uh, Or a thong. eh, (laughs) Completely off fantasy football. I am so sick of Christmas commercials already. Just throwing it out there. I like Christmas. They throw it in during sporting events. I want to watch football. I'm going to ask you a question here while, while we have a couple of minutes here. You can think about it maybe on the break here. All right. What is your favorite version and favorite Christmas song? And we'll leave it at that. I mean, we, we, well, you know what mine is, and you get mad when I, I play it I don't know what it is, quite frankly. You'll know if you hear it, because now that's what we're going to Oh, it's probably into. Grandma Run Over by Rain no, or something new. That, that's pretty good, but no, no, but... Cleet's going to bring us in. It's going to be a surprise. Oh, Tannenbaum. No, he's actually bringing in the right song. So, Oh, no. You you opened up this can no, of worms. he's bringing now. in the, the regular music, and we're going to continue it. And then when we have a consensus favorite, when maybe we can bring it in on, on the fourth break. Well, there's not going to be a consensus because you're not going to like this, but this is easily the greatest Christmas song Well, no, ever. I disagree. Cause For the record, I'm not a big holiday fan, so... I'm a little bit biased with everything. So. I like Christmas. I don't mind the Christmas commercials. I don't mind. No, I like Christmas, too. I, Here I'm, locally, I'm for any local Pittsburgh-based listeners, which I think is probably a good bit of our audience, well, I went to Eaton Park. Eaton Park's like a local 
chain restaurant we have around here and there's one where there's a star trying to hop up on the christmas tree oh yeah and right. eventually the tree bends over and picks up the star right. I, I get a little creeper every time that one comes on and that, that's how i know it's christmas i don't really get too emotional over a well, cartoon you star sh- you but... should you should you're dead inside no nah, you know what no, I, that, that's me <laughs> yeah. i like um i tell you the one i like is the george c scott version of a christmas carol where he's scrooge Ah, that's great. I like the uh, the I mean, Mickey Mouse one. He, well, you one would because you know that goes right along with you <laughs> making your kid watch it with you, probably. Bill You're, Murray Scrooged. Well, that was that's awesome. But I mean, the the serious one the whole way through. George C. Scott. It, I, I don't know. Serious I, one. I think I'm going to quit. You should. Because I, I you guys agree. are sickening. I mean, you really are. I, I get Again, Cleet over here throwing his, holidays. Wait, waving his hands around, saying he hates holidays. I got Jarhead Fligger. I don't like movies. And, I mean, it, it's just. I don't dislike them. I'm just not going to sit there that long. It's just insane trying to sit here and have an intelligent conversation with apes. But it. And. <laughs> I mean, it drives me crazy. All right, on that note, I think we're overdue for a break. We will be back, and apparently we're going to discuss our favorite Christmas song exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. All right, welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network. Cletus, you are dead inside if you don't like this song. And, Rick, it is time to put your headphones on. You ask the question, and then you can't handle the answer and have a big hissy fit and refuse to wear your headphones. And Javier did some good Mm. shtick in the middle of that, and you didn't hear that either, so shame on you. Oh, here I'm back. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) What a jerk. Um, I, I'm sorry. Did you play my favorite song? What's your favorite? Song? I, I don't. I don't think you ever played it. Did you play his favorite song? No. It's you know. You it's just, all about me. You well. I don't want to listen to your crap, so I'm not listening to it because <laughs> it's all not, about me. I Jai is cool. <laughs> how, how can you not like that song? Hey, coming up in what the fourth section is in segment. The, we segment call them segments is, um, in radio. <laughs> Ajayi. I'm pulling up the Finkelstein kid. <laughs> you can't play that on the air. We need to edit that down. So what's coming up in the fourth segment, Rick? You I'm tell not me. talking. I'm oh, just, you're done. You're yeah, out. I'm done. All right. Well, we are going to do some takeaways, some hot takes, T-A-E-K, Rick, as no. they say on the tweeters no. here in the third segment. I will start this show. Rick, this is a big deal to me, and this should be a big deal to you, although you don't own him this year. I know this is a man near and dear to your heart, but the Jets have absolutely no faith in your boy Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it is actually absolutely crushing, crushing Brandon Marshall. Yeah, it's – but the thing is, who do you have faith in on that team at quarterback? I mean, they're not going to put in 
uh, a rookie. No, apparently Bryce Petty's nowhere near ready. All the every yeah everything. All the draft nicks clamoring for him, and they won't even consider it. No, I mean Bryce Petty obviously is not Dak Prescott, right? <laughs> you know, by any stretch of imagination. But they tried Gino. Of course, he's done, and they put in the Harvard grad who's getting rather cocky and still not performing. Yeah, they won last week, but they played Cleveland. They should have lost for three and a half quarters. They were outplayed. I believe, you might have to pull it up there, I believe his completion percentage was at or below 50%. The only thing he really had going for him was, miraculously, he didn't turn the ball over, but it's because they really wouldn't let him throw the ball. Like we talked about, as we fought about last week, they just are going to keep feeding Matt Forte until he completely and utterly breaks down. There is That's no the faith. only way they can win. Right. There's no faith in Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're not going to let him throw the ball. They're not going to let him throw nine more interceptions. They won't. How- do it how's this 16 of 34 right so that, for that's 228 bad. yards and that was against cleveland yeah yeah you yeah, should throw him up against new england throw him up against this, this oh. buffalo defense I, i'm not i don't have their schedule in front of me but i don't know if the east plays the nfc west or what some of the you know i don't know what the what i'm trying the, to remember who who they are playing i, I can't remember now it doesn't really matter, but there is no excuse in the world going up against that Cleveland Browns defense that Brandon Marshall didn't have eight catches for 120 yards. I was stunned. This was – I don't think we talked about it, but this is a guy I had locked in as a top five wide receiver last week. They won't let Ryan Fitzpatrick throw the ball. They have no faith in him. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick, for all his whining and kvetching in, in press conferences and with the media, he has any faith in himself to throw those 50-50 balls to Brandon Marshall, which is where all of that magic they had last year came from as he threw those 50-50 balls. Brandon Marshall made to play. There's no faith there. And Brandon Marshall, in my mind, is in big trouble. And owners such as me, shocker, are in big trouble. Oh, yeah. And especially Eric Decker's gone. You know, Quincy Anumwa is acquitting himself well, but Ryan Fitzpatrick's not. And he can't. he's not making the throws. And, and like you said, the Jets don't want to see another eight, nine interceptions out of this cat. And... I don't know what they're going to do. They can't win on Matt Forte alone. You wouldn't think. I mean, we talked about it after weeks one and two. How long can he maintain that workload? 55 attempt, rushing attempts in the last two weeks. Makes you nervous. Sure it does. Plus, he's big time involved in the passing game as well. So Exactly. Yeah, so. I, I don't think he can maintain that. So, I don't. maybe they get some faith back in him, but I'm real nervous. I don't care about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, he can go away. But I'm real concerned about what this means for Brandon Marshall coming down the home stretch. Exactly. And, and conversely, why it, it matters, they're 0-8. But you look at the only reason the Jets are having success is because of Matt Forte. Yeah, Josh McCown threw for 341 yards last week against the Jets. And I think between Duke Johnson and Isaiah Crowell, they only rushed for like about 55, 50, yeah. 60, 60 yards, they something like try. that, totaling for, for the whole game. They didn't even try to run. They, 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 went, after run. That. they yeah. went after that secondary. Exactly. And you know there's there's consternation in Cleveland. Cody Kessler's expected to be healthy, and they haven't decided yet who's starting. Is the goal to go 0-16? What, what are we talking about here? Where, where Josh McCown has got another good matchup this week, if I'm not mistaken, Ray. Who was it? The Browns have the 
oh, you can never find it quick when you when you want it when you're coming off the cuff like the where in the world did it go i'll find it playing dallas dallas with the two starters in the secondary out this could be a nice game for a mccown with all these bye weeks if you're looking for a real if you're in a deep league and desperate for a quarterback and they are threatening to play cody kessler if he's healthy this week explain that one to me it makes no sense i mean i understand being at zero and eight okay maybe we'll give the kids uh, you know some experience but i don't know does this help a kid if you're 0 and 8 and you end up going 0 and 16 or, or whatever, Brian Hoyer wins one for you and this kid's in there really taking it on the chops. Is it good for him? I don't know. I yeah. mean, I'm not going one way or another that I way. I guess you can never replace live game reps, whether they're meaningful or not. I don't know. But is there any thought, any threat that Cody Kessler's the future of your team? If you were interested in grooming a young quarterback, you wouldn't have traded back, and, and you'd be sitting there with Carson Wentz right now, and the right. whole story of the 2016 season would be different. You go out there, try to win some games. You haven't won a game in over a calendar year. Yeah, I just I don't get it. it. It has nothing to do with anything. It doesn't affect your fantasy squad in any way. I just couldn't. When I read that, I I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Yeah, just come on. What are we talking about here? What are we doing? Well, exactly, man. I mean, you know, you look at Cleveland. They're zero and eight, but they've been competitive. You have Terrell Pryor. He's a fantasy weapon. Oh, absolutely. Isaiah Crowell has had some big games. Corey Coleman may be back this week. Exactly, and then of course is Gary. Bar- Barnage, certainly an overvalued player from his performance last year, but he's still relevant. And you know, and I, I just don't get it. Hawk, I, who's the other one? Andrew Hawkins, I right. think, is a wide receiver. So I mean, they have a, nothing great there, but they still have a few weapons. I don't know what the answer is, Rick, but it seems that Brian Hoyer gives them the best chance to win at least a couple of games this year. Well, unfortunately, he's in Chicago, though, but Josh well, McCown may give them a why, chance I, to win. I don't know why I always say <laughs> well, that. Well, because he played in Cleveland know, last right, year. Yeah. You Josh can't let McCown, it go. You exactly. can't let go of the past. Right? Yeah, well, Brian Matthews, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I can't <laughs> quit him. I can't yeah. quit Ryan Matthews. Maybe they Matthews. ought to trade for Brian Hoyer again. They ought to. I mean, yeah. the arm's broken, but how much worse could it be? You know, let's, it doesn't let's be matter. They're 0-8, right? All right. You know something else? Just something popped in my head. As you read the I injury reports, that. and we talk, can you Still name rattling around in there, yeah, maybe? Can you name Rick right now? Ten legitimate, ten legitimate number one fantasy running backs. Okay, Ezekiel Elliott. There's one. Le'Veon Bell. Two. Um, I'll have to go Spencer Ware now. Yeah, he was Jamal Charles. Um, Peterson, but he's, he's out. out, so I guess we can't now. Okay, um, Jordan Howard now. Maybe. Yeah. No, he is. Cleet. Cordell. The button. Oh. <laughs> Ajayi. Uh, J-I-J-E. Okay. Um, Melvin David Gordon. Johnson. David Johnson. I mean, Johnson. you asked me to name them, oh. so why are you chiming in? Melvin Gordon. So we're at, what, seven? Hey, we're getting there. Um, Actually, Shady McCoy when he's healthy. When he's healthy. This is getting to my point. Well, he's not on the field now. That's true. He was at the beginning of the year. Okay. Okay, so we'll have to take him off. Oh, boy. Yeah, now it's, starting, tough, to, isn't now it? it's starting to get it. Frank Gore. But they're not a real run no. first team. He's a nice piece. He's not a – what I'm thinking is what we would – Gurley. Tra- we tra- forgot about Gurley. He's not performing he's as He's not one. performing, but he's still – 
Well, I'm not talking about in terms of oh, workload. I'm oh, talking about oh, what we think oh, of as oh. the traditional number one running back in fantasy football who's yeah. going to put up some numbers. There aren't ten guys out there. That's my point. That's he's, my, he's over here. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. but You can speak. LeGarrette. Oh, yeah, LeGarrette oh, yeah, Blunt. He's probably Blunt, a legit right. one. Yeah, Blunt. But that's my point. These guys absolutely do oh, not okay. exist anymore. Right. There are there are guys named Peyton Barber who are going to have a significant fantasy impact this week. There's a, a wide receiver by the name of Montgomery in Green Bay who's going to be a top 14 probably fantasy running back this week. But yeah, we've talked about the decline of the running back for years. It's officially oh, here. Wait, Look, wait, you wait, named your wait, 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 Demarco Murray, right? Lamar Miller, right? I forgot about those two. Um. We're about oh Matt Forte is well now. No. I mean he had a stretch of of about four or five games where you all, you wanted to bench him, or you did bench him. I did bench him until he exploded. Then he again. lost by a point or two. Yeah, to uh, Armando, if I recall. Yeah, I believe it was. <laughs> yeah, and that, other than that, I mean in standard the list really gets tough. In PPR you can expand it, I guess, with um, theoretic. Something somewhere like that, but um, or Devontae Freeman, but yeah, I mean, um, you have to go with rushing yards. David Johnson, DeMarco Murray, Ezekiel Elliott, Shady's pretty much close to 600, but he's hurt right now. I'm Gordon's still gonna count Shady. Machine. Um, but even you look at it, all right, we've had enough to be comfortable with Jordan Howard. Do you consider him a locked number one fantasy running back? That's what he's become. Now. But in historical context, he's not. No, but in today's fantasy you know, world. Your boy. Ajayi. You know. All right, we've gotten two games. You're going to play him. How comfortable are you? I don't know. The The decline of the running back position, and this is probably more a conversation for the summer, but, but let's get it started now. Does this increase the value of these top eight or ten guys that we can rattle off, and it was even a struggle to get those top eight or ten to rattle off, does it make those guys more valuable, or does it devalue the position to the point where you're going to load up everywhere else and know you're going to be plugging in guys named like Peyton Barber most of the year anyhow, and Reigns for a, for a minute and a half, and Orleans Darkwell, you know, all these guys, Jaquiz Rogers, who have won people fantasy games, are you going to play that game, or are you going to value your David Johnsons, your DeMarco Murrays, your, your Shady McC McCoy's or Ezekiel Elliott's. I'm not sure what to make of it. I don't know what to do with it all right now. I guess it depends on the running back, obviously. I mean, you talk about David Johnson. Obviously, I value him. Number one, if, if you take running backs and wide receivers in PPR formats, David Johnson's leading them all. And... You know that I mean that you have to take that. Demarco Murray is second behind him, wide receivers include, including AJ Green and some of these guys. So yeah, I mean, and with the touchdowns, even Melvin Gordon's a top five guy. So you really have to value that because I tell you what, you don't have a David Johnson, you don't have a Demarco Murray, you don't have heck a Matt Forte, and you go AJ Green, somebody else in your first two picks. And now we're looking at Carlos Hyde as a running as your number one running back, mm-hmm. or 
you know, whoever. I mean, obviously a girlie's gone. You know, maybe a Jeremy Hill, somebody like that. So, yeah, you really got to value these guys because they're getting fewer and far between. Right, and I, I think so. It, it, the position itself's devalue, but if you have somebody of value at that position, I think next year we may see six or seven running backs go in the first round again, which we have gotten away from in recent years. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be worth their weight literally in gold compared right. to some of these other guys. Yeah, you can cobble together a crew, but if you've got a David Johnson, say you picked him in the first round and, and – like in our league, I think it was a David Johnson, and then I can't remember. It was like Shady McCoy back to yeah. back, you know, real close, you know, within about four or five picks of each other. That's a pretty doggone good stable to have. And you can still get – I got Calvin Benjamin in the fifth round. I mean, if you start in the third round getting right. wide receivers. And I, I think that's what we got to get back to. And, you know, we – I got away from it. Most folks got away from it. But if, you, if you're able to look back now, and if you would have, you know, say you took David Johnson with the fifth or sixth overall pick, you know, you could have come back and, and still had a, an A.J. Green and an Amari Cooper or something like that. And I would take that over having Odell Beckham or even Antonio Brown plus another wide receiver and my number one running back be who was your you know, Latavius Murray was a popular third-round running back. You're in rougher shape there. I think getting that running back has become more valuable. The way the position it, – it stinks. It's horrific. You know, the way the league's gone with the RBBC, and it's gone from, you know, a two-back committee to three- and four-back committees in some instances. And these guys, these stars, just aren't separating themselves. Yeah, exactly. I agree. But, um, yeah, you're right. They're – I think it's going to start morphing back into value, at least valuing the running back in the early rounds a little more. It may not stretch down as far. Right, right. But, but it, that first round, I, I can see five or six of those top backs going. You know, then there being a lull, but getting back to that, I really do. All right, Rick, what else do we have here? This I found, well, I didn't find interesting, but but I think something to keep an eye on. Rob Kelly, with Matt Jones being out, has 87 rush yards and one touchdown. That's a game, you know, at least the second half. We were on the air for the first half, but in the second half, I really could sit down and study. Yeah. And if you watch what Rob Kelly does in terms of getting one foot in the ground and making that first move and the way he runs looks so much more dynamic as a running back than Mike Matt Jones, I think Matt Jones is going away, and this could could be if, if you're looking for a running back to get you home through your fantasy playoffs, Rob Kelly just may be that guy. I don't know if Matt Jones is going away, but I think Chris Thompson's going away. Yeah, he was surprisingly quiet. He seemed like a guy that was a nice little matchup for him. Yeah. The way they wanted to fling the ball around and they, they weren't getting the ball in his hands. No, and he's just he just hasn't I can't say he's really performed horribly this year, but he just doesn't seem to really um, it, it, it excel, and whereas Kelly does. I mean, Kelly was dominant, right? You know, Chris Thompson was out there a few snaps. Just I don't know. He just wasn't showing me no. much. You know, like you said, well, I was watching the second half a lot closer than the first because we were yip yapping on the inside slant. But. Yeah, I mean, if, if Chris Thompson is wondering why he's not starting, you know, watch a Rob Kelly film. Right, and and I think the thing with Rob Kelly, look, let's not, you know, I'm not going to start twisting my shirt over my head. He's going to be a nice piece, but you're not going to get, uh, 
you know, I don't want to put him in this realm, but I'm just talking in terms of carries. You're not going to see Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson type of numbers because, quite frankly, I think even if they have somebody who can run, the Redskins don't have a whole lot of interest in running the ball. Well, I'm excited. I know, but you're you're muffling your voice to the listeners. <laughs> my my listeners voice projects comes first. My I, favorite I, Christmas I have, Carol. Is, we back um, to this junk. Is uh, Holly Jolly Christmas by Burrow Eyes. Now that's just that's, that's just classic. A, that's that's classic. just a happy song. That's nice. That's when they play at the end of Rudolph, right? That version. Was it Rudolph? Which of the claymations is it at the end of? I thought that was uh, Frosty. Might be frosty. It's one of the claymations. It's at the end of. Yeah, that's good. It's no Mariah, but it's good. You like Herbie? Hermie wants to be a dentist. <laughs> that's good. You're you're from the island of misfit toys. That's I, I what do. you I, are. I identify with that Jack in the Box. I know yeah. how he feels. Charlie in a box. Charlie in the box. Charlie that's in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants a Charlie in a box. Yeah. That's the story of my life. <laughs> you can call me Charlie. Charlie. We'll call him Charlie. Charlie, womp womp. We need a womp womp Okay, let's get moving here. Well, do you have any takeaways, Rick, or you want me to keep keep? Well, I already on? mentioned about the Bears, and you just had one, so we're doing another love-hate? or We're doing whatever we want. These are just our takeaways. Going forwards, takeaways, whatever we need. I mean, we're just killing a segment, Rick, let's be honest, before we get to over-under, which I am excited I tell about. you one takeaway that I hate is I hate I, – I truly hate these – minor bye weeks, and then these two massive ones. Yeah, I why, hate that. Why don't we just have two massive ones? Why don't we just have one? Well, they're never just going to shut the league True. down for a week because that's one week yeah, of revenue stream going fine. away. You know, have two weeks of eight bye weeks on weeks eight and nine. Right. You know, I'd be fine with Yeah, but you start in week three with one or two teams. Yeah. And, and you sprinkle them through, and then eight, eight and nine, you just punch us right in the face. <laughs> it's, Not it's, to mention you have – Thursday night games. Uh, you have early morning London games. You have a, a full slate on Sunday afternoon. Then you have the Sunday night game. Then you have a Monday night game. Pretty soon we're going to have, you know, Wednesday afternoon football. And it just – they need to step back and take a look. I mean, they're, they it, the machine is starting to grind up everything. Yep, they, they, it's, it's gone too far. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how long that Thursday night package runs for that deal. It'll be up, you know, in the next several years, anyhow. I'd frankly be stunned if they re-upped that. The numbers have been bad for it from the beginning. It's not a good product. We, we've talked about all of it. The, the guys aren't rest. You know what I really don't like about it with all the bye weeks and then all these stupid primetime games is as you know, as a Steeler fan. If the Steelers play the 1 o'clock game, I'm pretty much concentrated on that. I have the red zone up on the iPad right. or on my computer beside me. But as a fan, if the Steelers game's closed, that's where my concentration goes. But I always have in the back of my head, I can't wait till this is over. I'm going to flip over to the red zone. Well, on these massive bye week weeks, plus with all the – all the yeah. primetime games, there's two or three games going on in that 4 o'clock Scott hour. Scott Hanson's yeah. sitting there sleeping. He's got nothing yeah. to do, and they're running highlight packages 80% of the time because everybody's at commercial all the damn time. It's ruining my red zone experience, and, Rick, I won't stand for it. I won't either, and I'm going to write uh, Roger Goodell. You should. Write, write him air. another letter. I'll yeah. send him a tweet. He will tweet him. You ever read his Twitter feed? <laughs> he just gets uh, obliterated. Oh, no wonder. And there's wonder. Some, some unpleasant hashtags associated with his handle as well. Life's not easy for Roger Goodell on the tweeters. Exactly. All right, what do we, here's one, Rick. I think you're going to vehemently disagree. 
And really, I can't provide you any statistical analysis for this. This is just a gut feeling. One of my takeaways is sitting at five and two, I think, maybe six and two. I don't know if they've had their bye week yet or not. Let's take a look. I'll pull up the standings, and you tell me who you're talking about. I don't think I'm buying the Raiders, Rick. Okay, they, really are, they are six and they're two. They're six and two. Yeah, they have the, the Sunday night game against Denver this week. I've picked against them a lot. I picked against them last week, and, and I was wrong on that one. They don't play any defense. Their defense is horrible. Derek Carr is the next generation, the you know, the tip of the spear for the next generation of stud quarterbacks. He he's really come to his own. I, I put him and this may be bad news for him. I put him on the pedestal I had Blake Borles on last year. But Derek Carr is that guy. They have a nice young core on offense. But as I look at that team and the way they win games and their complete lack of defense, I'm not sure I'm buying the Raiders. I'm really not. Not when you have to go up against New England, Denver, Pittsburgh, even um, and, some, and some of these other teams. I agree with you. Look, they're 6-2, and two, but they have scored – a grand total of maybe like five more points than they've given up. They're fifth overall on offense. They're 31st overall on defense. 31st overall defensive teams don't win Super Bowls. No, no. I don't care what anybody says. You can ask Air Coriel back in the Dan Fouts days and so forth. If you're 31st in defense, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. No. And man. when you can ride high, they may even win the division. But when it gets to playoff times, that Denver defense start clamping on you. Kansas City, right? You know Pittsburgh can can outgun you, yeah, you know, because you get they have a better defense as well. New England, you know they can tear you to pieces, and it, there's just a lot working against you if you don't have a defense and they don't have one. Yeah, well, let's look at it as it almost sets up by virtue of being six and two, and I, I think they they got fat on a lot of bad opponents. You, know, you bring up the five point score differential. I think that tells you they played bad opponents, right? They put up some big numbers against some bad teams. But I think just by virtue of being six and two, and the league, be, rest of the conference being so mediocre. I'm sorry, twelve more points. Okay, whatever. Well, somebody probably would have fact checked you. <laughs> We'd have got a tweet. Yeah. But you know, by virtue of that, they're going to make the playoffs. I still think Denver wins that division. Maybe even Kansas City, but I don't think it's it's Oakland. So they come through and they go through the year. You know, what do we think? Ten and six is reasonable. Maybe even eleven and five. They're going to be a playoff team. But then you're going to go on the road as a you know, even to Houston, if you end up having to go to Houston or you end up having to go to Pittsburgh that first week of the playoffs, I don't think that type of football, to your point, translates into the playoffs to make any type of run. I think that you see a little bit of a swoon for them. They become a 9-7, and 10-6 and six team and make the playoffs. And offensively, they can play with anybody, but it just doesn't look like a playoff team to me. It really doesn't. No, you're absolutely right. Okay, look, let's run down through. They beat the Saints in week one. By a point, 35-34. Lost to Atlanta by a touchdown. They beat Tennessee by a touchdown. They beat Baltimore, who basically is that was the start of their four-game skid. They're, right. they're not nearly as good as what they started off with. Okay, they beat San Diego at home by three. They lost to Kansas City. They beat Jacksonville, and they beat Tampa. The rest of the schedule is Denver. Yeah, Houston, Carolina. Okay, they're all at home, which is good. They've they've 
won some road games. They're but, a good road team. A but really fortunately, good road it was. Team. But fortunately, it was the Saints, Tennessee, Baltimore, Jacksonville, and Tampa Bay. <laughs> Not exactly murderers, no. right? You're home at Denver with Denver. You're home with Houston. You're home with Carolina. You're home with Buffalo. They're home four weeks in a row, which I think is kind of strange. That's a statistical oddity there, yeah. At Kansas City, at San Diego, then you have the Colts, and then you're at Denver. That that gets tough. We're gonna find out who they are in that stretch. Even with those home games, those are tough. In home the next games. four weeks, when you even at home, Denver, Houston, Carolina, Buffalo, they get out of there two and two. I might say. Okay, I'll buy into them a little bit. I right. still don't think they're, like you said, a Super Bowl no, threat by no. any stretch. But if they go out of there 1-3, and 0-4, oh then we find Which out. Which I think is don't, I think is entirely possible. Yeah, and then you go to Kansas City. And then at San Diego, which San Diego is is Jekyll and Hyde, as we know, but they can. But they're better defensively than we give them credit for. They, they really can, are, and they can move the football. Right, exactly. They're always scared. Yeah, so I mean, I, I agree with you. I think they're the potentials there. I think Derek Carr is a real deal. I think that offense is great with Amari Cooper, Crabtree, Latavius Murray. I mean, they've got a lot of pieces there. But that defense is horrid. Now, there's something to be said for, you know, we, we almost couched it and it, it fit in with what I was saying with all these close wins being a negative. And I think they are when you look at the opponents. But there's also something to be said for being able to go out and win close games over and well, over again. It, it, it's a great point because what is the team we've talked about the last couple of years if they can win some of these close games? Jacksonville. Exactly. They can't do it. They cannot do it. They have, if not as good or better, weapons on offense as Oakland. They can't beat anybody. Right. I, I agree. And, and theoretically, have a better defense, according to the stats. And you're going to find out when they play a team like Denver where they're not going to be able to go out and score. As much as I love Derek Carr right. and Crabtree and Cooper and all these guys, they're not going to, they're not going to score 25 on a Denver can, and their defense can't stop, in my opinion, even a Trevor Simeon. We're going to find out who they are starting this Sunday. You got it. All right, well, we got to take a break. We will, be co- we will come back, wrap up the show with a brand-new game here at the Asylum Over Under exclusively here. Sweeping the nation. Indeed, on the Arena Sports Network. Welcome back to the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs, and we're going to wrap it up with the new game that is sweeping the nation, Rick. Rick, we have got to get this thing on video, and we're just going to roll during the commercial breaks where we don't put this up as any type of commercial enterprise because the show going on in here between breaks, between segments, <laughs> is way better than the dreck we're putting out over the airwaves. Hey, you know, before we get into the game that's sweeping the nation, Talk about kind of blowing your job interview. Okay. Which I mean, you know, by contract years. The aforementioned Ryan Fitzpatrick, contract year. I mean, how, how bad can you blow a job interview, oh, he, right? You know, he's, he'll still have a job. You wouldn't Michael want him as Floyd. your backup? Yeah. yeah. Michael Floyd's in, in, in a contract year. And... and He's doing now. Latavius Murray, although he's had some turf toe issues, hasn't really taken that step, you know, to get into that next car. Is like, okay, this is our guy. And yeah, I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's, I mean, this is a guy that is. 
You would target Latavius Murray, you would think, what, Lamar Miller-ish type money, you know, that type of a back. He showed those flashes, yeah. That is he going to get it? No, I, I don't no, think so. No. It's, not, it's devalued as that position is, and he'll have a job. Oh, yeah. Certainly. I don't know that it'll be in Oakland. I think they like Richard. I, I think they like Washington. I think they like what they have there in those young guys. Why pay whatever money you know, Murray's going to gonna garner? But right. he'll have a job somewhere. But I, I think he's going to come in and fighting for carries with somebody. I don't see him as, as a Lamar Miller. Throw the money out. The money's meaningless to me. I can't wrap my mind around the right. money and those contracts and how they work. But I don't think he's going to be a Lamar Miller and where he comes in is the number one is the guy somewhere, right? All right, this is going to be our guy going forward. He's going to find himself in another committee. If it's not in Oakland, it's somewhere else fighting for carries and maybe fighting for goal line carries because that seems to be the role, oddly enough, as fast as he is that he's played for Oakland this season. Oh, yeah, and let's not fa- let's not um, you know forget the fact that you, know, you got Derek Carr coming up Right for a contract, they're not going to let this. No, cat he's get not him. hitting the market. You also have Khalil Mack, right, as well. So I mean, yeah, the, the you know, Mr. Murray could yeah, be. Yeah, you can go ahead and go away, exactly, because we have one of the the ten. Well, I'll say one of the five best young quarterback, one of the best you know five best quarterbacks under twenty seven years old in the league. And the only legitimate football player on that Oakland defense, yeah, those two guys aren't going anywhere. Exactly. Well, to Las Vegas when the team moves there, but right? They're still going to be Raiders. All right, now it's time. Let's for... get right into it. I'm excited for this. It's time for what'd you name it? Over under. under. It's All a brand new game. Do, well, I do think we maybe have... uh, Arthur over there is getting everything squared away. Yeah, I don't know if he's trying to do something there, or we can just uh, announce the game. I'm going to give it a whirl. All right, let's see what you got. Bear let's... with me. We're been padding for the last 10 minutes and you still haven't done it oh i like it it's time now for over and under and under so let's throw it to our host cleat alejandro villanueva hermosa newt aka newt yes all right ladies and gentlemen over and under we will start with Mr. Briggs. You know, this is the first issue or the first installment of Over Under exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. The Arena Sports Network. Exactly. Do I have to play the drop again? No, you're good. Okay, good. go ahead. Yeah. So, to yeah. Mr. Briggs. Yes, indeed. I am listening with all ear. What if I went under or over? Uh, well, over or under? Blasphemy. One, one pass attempt for one Big Ben Roethlisberger in Week 9. I'll say over. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to show up. Way, way over. There, I just don't see the, – the only scenario where Roethlisberger doesn't play, let's believe what Alejandro has told us, and he's going to dress, but he's going to be Landry Jones' backup, right? Yeah. The only scenario under which you don't see Ben Roethlisberger is if they go up two scores at some point in the first half of that game. With Landry Jones, that ain't going to happen. So there's 0% chance of that happening. So it's 100% over. It's way over. It's over by 25 or 30, quite frankly. I'd be, I'd actually still be stunned if Ben Roethlisberger didn't start. I, I'm not even buying that he's not going to start. And from what I've read, Terrell Suggs isn't buying it either. There's some funny quotes out there from him. I'm not buying that he doesn't start. But even if he doesn't, we see him at some point before it's all said and done. Next. Next question. Thanks for asking me that. That's an excellent question. You're welcome. 
So it's Mr. Fleeger <laughs> since Mr. Briggs asked last or answered last time. Actually, I don't think I did. I mean, you got blabbermouth over there took the whole question from me. <laughs> it was implied. It was implied. It counts. Okay. <laughs> over or under one win for Cleveland this season. <laughs> Why are you so grumpy tonight? You're taking all the fun out of the show. You don't like that question? I just wait on you to babble away. I mean, that's what you do. So I'm just, you know, I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm just going to sit here and sleep. <laughs> I can't even hold it together. I can't keep up kayfabe here. I think Rick Briggs is drunk is what this boils down to. Noted no. alcoholic Rick You're Briggs. You're welcome. <laughs> no. That Proud- won't happen here because, you know what? You know what? Over. <laughs> Proudly presented to you by one They'll win Mary's two. Brewery. You think they'll win two? I'm trying to find two wins. I wanted to say that, I think they too. can beat Baltimore. Probably. But they never do. No, that's true, too. Those Cincinnati games are always a coin flip because they always play them in the 30s or the 40s. And sometimes I think if they stick with McCown and you get Coleman back, you know, they are running the ball well. It's defensively they're struggling. I don't want to say push. I think one's realistic. They're not going over, so I can't go under. I'll give them two. Yeah, let's, they're not going to be the real Steelers. quickly. They have. Um, they're at home with Dallas. That's a big, big L. They're at Baltimore. That's an L. They're at home against Pittsburgh. That's an L. Assuming they're, Ben's healthy. They're at home against the Giants. That's winnable. You never know what you're getting with the Giants. It's not likely, but it's winnable. They're home against the Bengals. Like I said, that, those games are always weird. They're at Buffalo. That could be winnable. You never know what you're getting out of Buffalo. They're home against San Diego. That's winnable. And they're at Pittsburgh. Depending on the playoffs and where Pittsburgh's at, they could lose by So two's 40. not out of the realm. It's of not out of the realm. Okay. I, I don't want to push, so I'll go over. I think it's likely they win one, but it's more likely they win two than they go over. So okay. I'm going to go with I'll that. I'll go with you. All right. Over or under, 50% chance that Kevin Costner becomes the GM of the Cleveland Browns if they go over. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I did see that movie. Well, most of it. I yeah. nodded off for a brief period in the middle, but I did see that. All right, next question. 150 yards rushing for Ajayi versus the Jets. Under. 150 yards is a lot of yards. And and the Jets are pretty good against the run, so I'm I'm going under. Yeah, back-to-back 200s, a bye week at a very inopportune time. We're not going to see it again. What we have established is he's the lockdown. He's the number one guy. He's a solid runner. He makes that team so much better because you take the ball out of that Rube Ryan Tannehill's hands all the more often. This week specifically, and most weeks, to your point, you know, 150 yards, if you think about it in the realm outside of what he's done and outside of DeMarco Murray and David Johnson, sort of what we talked about last segment, hell, 75 rushing yards is a wow. It's a game ball candidate for running backs. If we gave him by position, there's guys at 75, you're going, wow, big week. So 150 is a ton. I think he's up around 100, probably, because he's going to get the ball that much. But the Jets, as horrific as they are in terms of pass defense, are that good against the run. Number were, one, pal. Yeah, you were talking about it. Was it on the air or off the air last week where they Cleveland was flinging the ball around and Crowell and Duke Johnson really couldn't get the ball, you right. know, couldn't, couldn't get it going. So I think you see something similar. I still see think you see 18 to 24 carries 
for for your boy Ajayi. So I think going forward Ajayi. over there we go over a hundred is pretty likely a lot of weeks, but 150 this this 200 streaks over. You're not seeing three in a row. Oh, it, it's over definitely. Look, they're the Jets are 19th overall in defense. They're number one against a run. They That's give up 74 yards a game. They're last in the league against the pass. And to your point, even a Rube is going to throw some some yards against this defense. And Ryan Tannehill, he's got some weapons. Which sets up, though, poorly, I think, when you're picking this, who's going to win this game. It sets up poorly for the Dolphins. Because we figured out when the Dolphins win, they do one thing well, right. run they the run, ball. You're right. They're not going to be able to run the ball. Even against the worst pass defense in the league, you still have Ryan Tannehill. And last time I checked, he still stinks. And so True. this could be a game the Jets could win. But over, under, I'm still going under. <laughs> under, definitely. indeed. Next! Four, four catches for Marquise. Sorry, I always mix that up. Allen Robinson <laughs> this week versus the Chiefs. I'm gonna go over. This is good. how many times have I said this is gonna be the last time I predict the turnaround? But I'm gonna go one more time. I sat back. I, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I sat back and I watched most of that Thursday night debacle. You know, I, I sort of double screened with that in, in the pit game, which was also a debacle last Thursday night. And, and one thing I noticed was how many times they targeted him, and how bad the throws were. They fired the offensive coordinator. All word coming out of Jacksonville is they're going to go into that no-huddle, hurry-up offense a lot more often, which is where Blake Bortles seems comfortable. If you want to say he's comfortable and has any success, I think it means more for Alan Hearns. I'm excited for Alan Hearns, Rick. There's a little tip for you if you're looking for your, your flex spot where you're always questioning Alan Hearns, and I forget who the other one is in your flex each and every week. It might be Alan Hearn this, Hearns this week. But if they, without without with the new offensive coordinator and the commitment, it sounds like, to running that no huddle where Bortles is comfortable and he doesn't have to think, he just has to react, I think Alan Robinson could turn it around here this week, even against a good Chiefs defense. I'm going to go over as well. Um, because there's there's two aspects at play here. It could be a, a competitive game where they're going to need an Allen Robinson, and Allen Hearns, and so forth. Or it could be a blowout. And we know Blake Bortles is the king of garbage time points. Absolutely. Which bodes well for Allen Hearns in garbage time because they still tend to guard Allen Robinson. But I think Allen Robinson, he's good for six catches this week. And Allen Hearns has, has been exceeding expectations. Right. And Allen Hearns has, or excuse me, Robinson has been way below. Yeah, I'm going over. And I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of Jacksonville other than they're terrible. But with the weapons that they have, one of these games they're right. going to click. And, and you just wonder, if it's running this no huddle, is that what does it? I don't know. Against that Chiefs defense, I don't really know. But I'm still going over. I'll agree with Did you. Did I bring up on Sunday the rumor I heard about Blake Bortles? Yeah, uh, that, you that did he, briefly. You wanted to get I, – I wanted to pull up the story. You know what? I just thought of it again now. But there's a lot of rumors, sort of threads, internet threads, which are dubious at best anytime you read them. But there is a lot of scuttle around Jacksonville that Blake Bortles is really enjoying the idea and the life of being a starting quarterback in what what's 
really a small town, and he's kind of the Johnny Manziel of Jacksonville. And so I'm wondering if this is true. It might be the fact that he's a miserable alcoholic like you are <laughs> that is leading to him struggling so much. This is affecting you know. in some ways, Alejandro. What, what do you think? I, I don't really think so because, I mean, you accuse me of being as, you know, I, I excel. Well, you're a good alcoholic. You're yes. very functional. You're a yes, functional I, alcoholic. I excel at, at, at the highest level. See, when I do it stone cold sober like I do the show here, you know, I stumble what? a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you lie to our audience? I'm not lying. You 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 paint this horrid picture of me, and and you know how sensitive I am. Oh yeah, very sensitive. I mean, you hurt my feelings probably every week. Well, and I try to it's hide not it Sunday. from. <laughs> well, let's be honest. There's three. Now I got Arnold you... <laughs> over here throwing darts at me. Yeah, yeah. Hunger and anger are the only two emotions I've ever seen you show. So if I hurt one of those two, I sincerely apologize. Beyond that, you're an empty, drunken void inside. Have you, did you bring me down like a burger and fries tonight? I, I fed you that one time. I brought you the pizza. That's and you true. yelled at me for doing it, and then you but housed it, was, it. But it was very good. <laughs> it was very good, and I appreciated it. So, quick question. Are you trying to say that Bortles is the biggest fish in the smallest puddle? Yes. Okay. That's exactly what it comes down to, and he's enjoying that life, as I would do. And I've long said I kind of jealous, actually. Yeah, in defending Johnny Manziel, look, if I could go back down to Texas A&M and do what he does on a weekend down there, I'd have probably drank myself out of the league, too. But there's just a lot of speculation out there that that's the problem with why Blake Brutals hasn't taken the next step, because he's enjoying the fruits of, of what he's accomplished to this point rather than progressing to the next point. What's well, obvious, Jacksonville is is has not progressed. Obviously, and it, it's quite the shame with the amount of weapons they have offensively, and something needs to happen. You know, do they do they have to move to London? Do they have to get a new coach? I mean, something has to give there because I tell you what, you can say what you want about the ownership, but they've actually drafted decently, right? And, and they've. They've put up some bucks to keep some of these guys on the offensive side of the ball, and they're doing nothing. And, and I just – I don't know what's going on. But yeah, maybe there it is something to do with Blake Boros. I don't know. Partying do, up. Do you think Allen Robinson would excel in the Steelers or Patriots? Oh, yes. Allen Robinson would have eight over, catches again. Over, over, so over. Oh, it, that's not an over-under question. It's, Sorry. It's legitimately a system issue. No, I think it's a team issue. I don't think it's a system because last year he excelled in essentially the same system, same quarterback, same wide receiver mate, same tight end, same running back. Actually, Chris Ivory is an addition this year. They should have been better. They actually should be a better team. Allen Robinson is strictly this season a product of Blake Bortles. Now, to be honest, I've watched about one full game and then – you know, plenty of partials, red zone type of partials. Although, as an Allen Robinson guy begging for points, I flip over on the ticket and watch more of the Jaguars. I should. This is all Blake Bortles. He's getting his targets. He's getting open. The ball isn't getting there. What I'm saying, and I, this may be blasphemous, but I'm going to say it. If right now, today, the Steelers traded Antonio Brown 
to the Jaguars straight up for Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson would produce as Antonio Brown was, and Antonio Brown would take the fall that Allen Robinson did this year if they were switched in the exact same situation. Yeah, because, well, I might be on board for that. I think Antonio. Shot. I think Antonio Brown would actually take a bigger fall because there's no way in the world Blake Bortles would be hitting him. Yeah, I mean, there's just no, there's no chemistry there. It, I mean, a lot of Antonio Brown is him and Ben's timing and so forth. Allen Robinson's a big rangy guy. Well, that's what frustrates me when you watch right. it. You just have to get it in about a 14-foot halo around Allen Robinson. He's going to bring the ball down, and that drunk can't get it there. And I want to bring up another point. We, we talk about these big, uncoverable wide receivers. Calvin Benjamin, Cam Newton publicly complaining about the hits awesome and everything. Hat, he's taking. Oh, you see the hat? Great hat. Great hat. That, that was a great, great hat. hat. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that was Huggy Bear yeah, hat. Yeah, there, that's, a, that's a solid <laughs> hat. Yeah. His hat game is strong. Oh, yeah. All that aside, seriously, what do you make of that? I, I've seen comments where he's considered a whiner. I've seen comments where... They actually feel sorry for him, where it should be the ownership and coaches talking to to uh, Roger Goodell about the late hits on him. I'm kind of in the middle of the road. I understand his point, but being a Steeler fan, I also see the hits that Ben Roethlisberger takes. We watch all kinds of football more than we ever should. I see the hits that, that uh, Jay Cutler takes. I see the hits that Phil Rivers takes. He's not taking any more hits than a lot of these guys. Albeit, if if it was a Tom Brady or if it was a Peyton Manning, of course he's out of the league now, uh, uh, Drew Brees. I mean, there's laundry on the field when these right. guys get hit. He's in the class with a Rosenberg and them because he's a big physical quarterback that's hard to bring down, and he runs a lot. And the, he may have a legitimate complaint, but is it up to a Cam Newton, or should the coach, should the owner, or anybody else take up this banner other than Cam with his great hat? Well, look, his coach should take it up, and his GM and his owner should. I, I've taken a switch on this. I was sympathetic to him at the beginning, after watching that Denver game in week one and some of the cheap shots he took. But as, as we go on and I watch it, look, that low hit he took, it's ridiculous that play was I agree. Called. He's got the ball in his hand. He's right in the pocket. I agree. There's three people staring at it. They throw a, a holding penalty on four out of every six plays. No excuse for that not to be called. So that I'm with Cam. But in general, as a general rule, here's what I've come to believe. If you want to play – if you want to play as a running back, as a runner, I won't say a running back, but he's not a traditional quarterback. His game style is to run the ball. The way he runs people over, he is a linebacker. He, hell, he might be a defensive end playing quarterback. The punishment he can dole out. I'm done having sympathy with him when he's outside the pocket and he's taking – I'm sorry, you're a runner. You, you know what I mean? And the punishment you dole out – it's when things aren't called like that low hit, some of those high hits he took against Denver, right, those should be called. I don't think they're missing any more on him. I think people are getting away with more because he is a runner. He makes himself a runner. He doesn't behave like a quarterback. Why every time Tom Brady gets blown up, it's a flag. It's because Tom Brady isn't running around. 
right? He's rolling out. He's getting blowed up in open space. Cam Newton's initiating so much contact. It's. I agree with him. I have sympathy. He to where he's taking a beating, but this whining and crying, it's going too far. But that said, to answer your question, the fact, yes, his coach, his ownership, his GM should be going to the league, trying to garner from some sympathy there. That stuff tends to work, at least in the short term, so they should do it, but I've sort of run out of sympathy for him. Hats are great, the whining I'm tired of. I, I agree with you. I, I think the owner or, or the coach or somebody should be taking up some of this, this – um, cause for him I still am a firm believer that the quarterback at least especially offensively is the leader of that team right and this constant whining exactly the last loss they took he's pouting and walking out on it this he has to grow up or they are never going to take another step forward I agree, 100%. and if he doesn't mature that way, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, they're done. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there, 100. percent So that was a long way to get back to the next uh, over under. Over and under one start for Tony Romo in 2016. Personal bias here. Go ahead, Rick. I'll let you start this show. I'm going to say what I think should happen which is under right oh agreed i'm gonna say what i think will happen is probably over (laughs) sadly i agree i hate to say it now i see jerry jones starting to back off a little bit look they've got a two-game lead they've only got one loss Dak Prescott has taken this team on his shoulders. He is the leader. They got Ezekiel Elliott, another rookie. They've got the best offensive line on in the league. I see no reason in the world why you should put in a brittle 38-year-old just because of name recognition. And Dak Prescott's getting it done. I mean, you talk about undefeated. Father time's undefeated, especially with Tony Romo. His time has passed. He has had what? I don't even know how many years, but he's had probably in about the last five or six, three broken collarbones, a broken neck bone, and a broken back in his ear, broken bone in his lower back. He needs more milk. He, <laughs> he, he needs to drink milk. He needs to eat cheese. And he needs to quit getting hit. Well, that probably has something to do with it, too. <laughs> I think in order, cheese hit milk, if I had to pick. Yeah, cheese is better. I, right. I love cheese. Right. Uh, cheese is great. But anyway. I have to I melt mean, do you it, agree with I can't me. just eat a chunk of cheese. Do you agree with No, me? I agree 100%. Here's my problem. And we talked about, I think, in the debate we, we did several weeks ago, is, number one, the kids win it. I think what's going to happen. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take. I'm going to take the over. I, I agree. I think Dak Prescott, at some point, he's got to become a rookie, right? I think. I don't know. Maybe did not. Tom Brady ever? No, he never did. That's my point. He never did. But at some point, okay, let's put it this way. Let me back off of that. They're not going to run the table. They're going to lose a couple games down the stretch. If they put two in a row, I don't trust Jerry Jones not to get meddling and screw this thing up and want to get Tony Roma back out there. Even so, what'd you ever win with Tony Romo? 
you know, I laid out the numbers, the limited amount of playoff appearances, the under 500 record in the playoffs. What'd you ever win with him? You've got something building here with Dak Prescott, with, with Zeke Elliott. As much as they're better than the NFC, I'm not sure they're a Super Bowl team this year with those young guys, but you're building towards that. Why would you go away from that now to bring the old guy back? The, the, the lack of I, cheese. You know, I, agree. I, I I think it's probably going to happen. Let's look at the schedule at Cleveland. Win. At Pittsburgh. With that secondary 50, out, 50, yeah, yeah, probably 60 40 Pittsburgh, but it's close. Home, Baltimore. That should be a win. Home, Washington. Could go either that, way. Those obviously. are always 50 50 with those two teams. At Minnesota. That, that could be the one. At New York Giants. 50 50. Home, Tampa. That's a big winner. Home, Detroit. Big winner. At Philly. 50 50. But I, well, here's my point. We, I could see a two-game losing streak in there somewhere, and that's I, where Jerry starts meddling. They shouldn't. I can't. It I shouldn't, can't. but that's where he could. I mean, do you really see this Dallas team as a 13-3 and team? Because if you don't have a two-game losing streak, that's pretty much what you're looking at. Okay, they're what? Two, four. They're six and one. Six and they, one. They're at Cleveland, seven and one. Right. Okay, say they lose at Pittsburgh. They're seven, seven and two. two. They're home at Baltimore. Eight and two. I, eight and two. Home at Washington. I'm yeah, gonna say eight and three. Okay, eight and three at Minnesota. Eight and four. There's your two game there, losing streak right there. At the Giants, you gonna lose three in a row? I doubt it, but it could happen, and that's okay. when the Tony Romo's. That's, Romo a, stuff that's a big thing. Nine and three, eight and four. That's a big difference. You're right. Okay, You're right. so what's your gut feeling? They they're nine and three, or they're eight and four. Probably nine and three. Okay, home Tampa. That's ten and three. Home Detroit, eleven, eleven and three. Right? I think ahead of that Tampa game, I could see Tony Romo starting that Tampa game. That's a tough little stretch yeah, they have coming we up. Should, that that have been twelve and three. All right, all right. Let's go over under. All right, one more real quick. We just got a couple minutes left. I'm gonna skip way ahead because um, you know personal preference here. One catch for Ladarius Green versus Baltimore. I'm going way over, Rick, and I, I wanted to get into this. <laughs> we, we've just been so off course. We're, we're going to have a conversation about this Sunday. You you th- you keep saying this is Jesse James gig. This is Jesse James team. This is Jesse James team. I don't agree with you. Put a weapon like Ladarius Green if he's completely healthy that size. A to, ben what Roethlisberger is, is going to give him opportunities. What has he ever done to ben, warrant being considered a weapon? Ben Roethlisberger is going to give him. Tell opportunities. me what is he? He played with Phil Rivers, but he played with Antonio Gates as well. So what? That's a I'm, lot of money. Are you comparing Jesse James to Antonio and Gates? Aging Antonio Gates, who we drafted Ladarius Green to groom to take his place. Antonio Gates is still there. Well, not putting up any numbers. Well, that's the problem. Antonio Gates is still there. But he's not putting up any numbers. I mean, you know, guys get pushed out. Did Antonio Gates cut, or San Antonio Holmes, cut you off in traffic or something? You hate this cat. San Antonio Holmes got pushed out of Pittsburgh. It wasn't because, you know, he just quit performing. Because there were guys better. But Antonio Gates isn't even putting up any numbers, and he couldn't push him out of there. Yeah, he's putting up numbers when he was Ladarius injured. Green was there. Well, that's the problem. If and he, he couldn't push him he, out of there. Can Ladarius Green stay on the field? Because he's been no, injured as Antonio well. Antonio Gates was injured, and Green couldn't push him out well, of there. Well, because Ladarius the Green point. promptly got injured as well. This guy, his skill set. He'll be hurting four plays. That I could believe. So much angst. <laughs> he really hates Ladarius Green. 
I'm kind of look. You Finkelstein kid. I am. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I am a huge Jesse James fan. He's killing me. <laughs> He's agreeing with you. He's You're a Finkelstein kid. Adam, so typical. All right, I think we ought to wrap this up before the fist fight begins. It's a good thing we have Cletus back in the control room back there. So thanks so much for joining us. If you're still with us, I don't know why, but we appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. We will be back Sunday, 10 o'clock Eastern, Blog Talk Radio. Week 9. Indeed, AsylumFantasySports.com. Yes, there's going to be a ton of terrible questions. Couple of lot of coin flips. We oh. got your back. We got your back. Ten o'clock Eastern Blog Talk Radio, AsylumFantasySports.com. Thanks to the Arena Sports Network. We'll be back again next week, right here, Thursday, eight o'clock Eastern, ArenaSportsNet.com. At Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFootball at Gmail.com. Get those questions in. Until next time, we'll see you. Hey, take care. Why are you doing the mouth flappy thing? I'm doing the Just plugs at the you end. Be quiet. That's all. <laughs> what a jerk. Nope. Getting a little wild over there. A little risque. <laughs>